So uh, tonight, well, 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 glad everyone's here tonight. Well, thank you. Welcome. Um, I'm going to be reading out of a few places, uh, but the first place I'm going to be reading out of uh, tonight is Genesis 45, uh, verses 1 through 7. Um, that's where I'm going to be focusing on. I'll give you a backstory after I read um, while you guys are flipping there um, or clicking there. Um, I just want to thank Jade for the opportunity and Ronnie for uh, letting me be able to speak on this platform and thank uh, thank them for this opportunity because, you know, never take this chance lightly or anything lightly. So I appreciate the opportunity and everything. So even though he springs it on us like last minute, but that's fine. Um, so tonight I'm going to be reading out of Genesis uh, 45, 1 through 7. Um, and the Bible reads, Then Joseph could not refrain himself before all them that stood by him. And he cried, Cause every man to go out from me. And there stood no man with him while Joseph made himself known to, unto his brethren. And he wept aloud, and the Egyptians in the house of Pharaoh's heard. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I am Joseph, doth my father yet live? And his brethren could not answer him, for they were troubled at his presence. And Joseph said unto his brethren, Come near me, I pray you. And they came near, and he said, I am Joseph your brother, whom ye sold un into Egypt. Now, therefore, be not grieved nor angry with yourselves, and ye sold me hither. For God did, not, did send me before you to preserve life. For these two years hath the famine been in the land, and yet there are five years in which there shall neither be earing nor harvest. And, the God, and God sent me before you to prepare, preserve you a prosperity in earth and save your lives by a great deliverance. So, Little backstory there, you know, I kind of read the end of the story there, um, but a little bit of backstory there. Um, Joseph, obviously, um, is a son of Jacob there, um, and he's the youngest of all of his uh, brothers there, and brothers and youngest sibling there, and usually, you know, uh, the youngest is the favorite in there, right, Mom? I'm the middle, I'm the middle child, so I'd never know, and Ronnie's the youngest, so he's pretty favorite so but the youngest is usually always the favorite they say it's not true but usually is um, but continuing on the others obviously knew that he was uh, the most favored Joseph got uh, the coat of many collars as we all know um, that Bible story there um, so Joseph was most favored most loved there um, brothers obviously knew that and when someone's favored over you especially if it's a sibling we all kind of have siblings I know most of us have siblings in here um, so when someone's favored over you, you have a lot of feelings go along with that, like jealousy, envy, um, and in, the, in this case, uh, the brothers despised him. I know it says in, in verse 4 of Genesis 37 there, um, it says that um, the brothers despised him, they envied him, and envied the love that uh, other people had for him. So the brothers um, envy Joseph, and then it gets a little worse um, for Joseph, even though it kind of gets better for Joseph in a sense. Because he begins to have dreams. I know the Bible counts uh, of two dreams that uh, Joseph has there of him becoming a provider, becoming a ruler over people. I know one of the dreams says um, that there were the 11 uh, other siblings that he had bowing down to him um, and him becoming a provider for them. And of course, as an older brother, I know I'm an older brother over, I don't know how many siblings anymore, um, but you know, you kind of, if a little brother gets a little bit more authority, you're kind of like, that's, that's my job, you know? Like, I'm the older brother. I, I should have that, you know, authority there. So the, the older brothers were like, 
no, nah, dude, like, that's not, yeah, that's not cool with me. Like, I don't agree with this dream. Like, you know, you're just thinking out of your head. So um, he also tells his father this, and his father just kind of dismisses it. And just, you know, he's like, okay, you know, cool. You know, we like you. Like, you're my favorite, you know. You know, you're cool. You have that cool little coat there. So continuing on, um, on further in the story, Joseph's brothers um, go out uh, to tend to his father's flock, to Jacob's flock, out in Shamalek, I think is how you pronounce it. Um, so he goes out to, Sh- the brothers go out to Shamalek, and Joseph, uh, Jacob comes to Joseph and says, hey, go, um, go with them and go out to where they are. So Joseph, you know, then takes, um, you know, listens to his father, goes out uh, to meet them in Shamalek. On the way, runs into a guy. He's like, hey, where are they at? Because they weren't in Shamalek. They were further on in Doath, or however you pronounce that. It's, you know, back then language, so I don't know how to pronounce things. But um, he continues on um, and goes there. Um, he sees his brothers in the distance, um, kind of paraphrasing, sees his brothers in the distance and kind of runs up to him like, hey, uh, you know, just kind of jogging up. And his brothers were already there kind of setting up a plan to kill Joseph. They were like, this guy's getting a little too favored. He's getting a little too much authority in the house. Like, we're the older ones. We need this authority. So he, they plan on killing um, Joseph there. Um, so luckily for Joseph, however, when uh, he runs up to him, they take off his coat and start, you know, you know, proceeding in their plan. But then um, some Ishmaelites come down the road, some Egyptians come down the road, and they stop, you know, doing what they're doing and uh, decide to sell off Joseph to slavery. If you know anything about slavery, um, I know most of my profession is talking about things of the past, and slavery is a big thing that happened in the past. And if you were younger, as Joseph was here, I'm not exactly sure his age. I think it was around 17 or so. Um, but the younger you are, you know, the more favored you are to be a slave. So the Ishmaelites were like, yeah, cool, we'll take them. You know, they gave him some money, and the brothers went on. They killed a lamb, dipped the coat in blood, took it to his father. Like, oh, we found this on the way back. Joseph's dead. And then they carried on through their life, even though Joseph was sold into slavery. So Joseph... Um, I'll skip forward a lot here, but Joseph then kind of rises to power there in Egypt, um, and that's how the Israelites got into Egypt, fun little fact there. Um, but Joseph uh, rises to power and becomes kind of a ruler um, or somebody higher up in the land. So then fasting, fast forwarding a few more years, as I was reading here in uh, 45, a, f- a famine sets in. So then Jacob and his family is kind of struggling um, for food and kind of struggling Um, to make it through that route. So the brothers come to Joseph. Um, They don't know it's Joseph, but they come to Egypt asking for some food, some wheat, and some, you know, situations like that. They're just like, we need some help. So Jacob sends uh, the sons, and they go um, out and see Joseph um, in Egypt, which obviously they don't know who's Joseph. But as soon as Joseph sees him walk in, he's like, that's the brothers that sold me into slavery like 22 years ago. So, I mean, you can probably imagine the feelings that are brought back there. I mean, we've all had somebody do us dirty and per, per se in our lives. And when you see that person out in public, it's not always the greatest feelings that come back. It's not always the warm and fuzzy feelings that we all kind of want to have. So I, I imagine Joseph was like, okay, they're asking me for help now. Like, they, they don't, obviously he was like, okay, they don't recognize me because they weren't you know, asking or like, oh, dude, you know, what's up, brother? You know, that sort of situation. So Joseph's first thing he does is he sends them off for three days. 
So in that time period there, that those three days, I can imagine Joseph just kind of going through his head like, okay, like what do I do? Because I bet you his first thought was like, I'm going to sell them to slavery. I'm going to do the same thing they did to me. I'm going to do what they did to me. But yeah, exactly. I mean, that's just the mindset that uh, our humanity wants us to do. So uh, we go out. My first thoughts and Joseph's probably first thoughts were probably like, no, dude, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to either have them killed, I'm going to have them sent off. I don't, you know, they betrayed me when I was little 22 years ago. So why, why, why do they need my help now? So in those three days, Joseph, you know, kind of cools off and comes up with like a plan to test the loyalty of his brothers. Um, so he um, comes up with this whole kind of plan there with Benjamin and everything. And um, then he comes to where I just read, where Joseph reveals himself to his brothers. Sorry, that's a ton of talking there, but uh, it all kind of tie it in here in a second. So Joseph then reveals himself to his brothers. So Joseph was a high man of power. Like I said, he rose to power. He had a high seat of power. He had the ability to do anything he wanted to his brothers. He had the ability to bind them up, to send them off to jail, to send them into slavery, to kill them, or anything he wanted. But he recognized that dreams that he had when he was little. He recognized the Lord's plan in his life and what the Lord wanted to do. You know, going back to Joseph's dreams, he was providing for his family. I know he was, you know, still really young. It was 22 years um, in the past. And, you know, he probably thought the dreams were like, oh, dude, I'm going to rise up and I'm going to be the king over the land that we're in now. I'm going to be the king of Canaan. But fast forwarding, you know, things didn't pan out that way. He was sold into slavery. He had a rough road and he had to work his way to where he was at. But God's dream or the dream that God instilled in him still came true. He was still a provider over him. And Joseph had to focus on that because, you know, we all have these feelings of vengeance when we see that person that did us wrong or anything like that. But we need to recognize that the Lord has a will and has a plan in our lives and in their lives as well. We need to recognize that as well. So Joseph dreamt those dreams and recognized that and steered away from the feelings of hurt and hatred that were there. So many of us, scratch that, all of us have been through um, situations like that. All of us have been hurt by somebody. Uh, I've been hurt. I know I'm, this message was just as much for me as it is for anyone else in this room um, or in the sanctuary tonight. Um, you know, we've all been hurt by somebody. And it is up to us to either dwell in that pain like the enemy wants us too, because those, those attacks are from the enemy. They're, I mean, it's to distract you from the will that God has in your life. So it is up to you. You have two decisions. You can either dwell in the pain that the enemy wants you to dwell in, get you down, get you backsliding, and get you out of the church. Or you can look past it and forgive. Yeah. So that's kind of my big point here. After all that talking, I know I'm finally getting to my point. You guys are probably all bored by now, but um, it's forgiveness. So forgiveness is a big reoccurring theme in the Bible where people have to look past situations and learn to forgive. Um, that's, that's a big thing in all of our lives that we need to also implement as well. So going with forgiveness, I ha obviously looked up the definition and looked up the Hebrew definition and stuff like that. I'm not even going to try to pronounce the Hebrew word for it. Um, but the definition of it was pardon, to release or to let go. Um, to look past those mistakes of hurt or pain and let go of them and move on and move forward from them. Learn from them and go past what they are trying to do to you because they are attacks from the enemy and they're trying to drag you down. 
And you, you have those two decisions there to either dwell on the pain or to fight past it and forget about it and move on. Um, so we really need to stop, as a church as a whole, we need to stop harboring those feelings and be like Joseph and focus on what God has uh, planned in our lives. Because God has a plan for each individual in this room, from the youngest to the oldest. So if we get caught in those feelings, we will miss out on the provision and the opportunities that God has in our lives. I know Mark 11 and 25 says, And when ye stand praying, forgive, if ye have aught against any, and that ought means anything, so anything against anyone, that your Father also, which in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. But if ye do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses. So Mark 11 and 25 and 26 is basically saying, if you don't forgive your brother that hurt you, even if they didn't mean to hurt you or if they meant to hurt you or what have you, no matter the situation, if you don't forgive, you can miss out on the glory of God. You can miss out on the coming, the second coming. You can miss out on the opportunities that God has in your life. Like I said, and like I've said multiple times already, God has a plan for each and every one of us. And if we focus on those feelings and harboring those negative feelings, we can miss out on the glory of God. So you must forgive and look past those situations that may hurt you. And lost my place here. So we have one job on this earth, and that one job is to spread the gospel. Our one job here is to spread the gospel to uh, the far reaches of the earth to reach the lost. Our job is not to sit back and harbor those feelings of hatred and miss out on the glory of God. And if we harbor those feelings, how are we ever going to reach revival? I know it's a re reoccurring theme in this church um, is revival. If we harbor those feelings, how are we ever going to reach revival? How are we going to reach revival if you are stabbing the other brothers in the back and then holding on to those knives in your back? And how are we supposed to reach the lost if we're, you know, in the church house talking about so-and-so, like, I can't believe what so-and-so did. I can't believe what he did to me. Like, like it's, it's just, it's not going to further the kingdom of God if we have people, you know, talking about everyone else in the church. And God is not going to move if we look at our brother in Christ and harbor thoughts of hatred. So if you have ought against your brother, go to them and talk to them about situations. I firmly believe you can work through any situation that ever happens. And go to your brother, talk to him, and forgive them. Move on from those situations and forgive and learn to forgive and learn to love. Because God doesn't want us hating other people. Hatred is something that is, you know, very, very bad. So... God wants to move in this church. I can feel it. I think we all have felt it multiple times. God wants to move in this church and in the youth, but we need to continue to let, we need to not let the enemy continue to cause division between us. I know it's, it's happened a lot more recently, especially in, in my life. The Lord is, or the enemy is trying to divide and separate me from my brethren and getting me out and into into the world because that's what the enemy's plans are he doesn't want us working for god he doesn't want us in the church house he doesn't want us in god's will so we need to get back to our roots and get back to the reason we got saved get back to the love of jesus christ the love that brought us into the church house to begin with because that is what our job is on earth is to spread the love and spread the gospel